Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. A busy, busy program. I would anticipate that that's going to be the case here the next, oh, for the remainder of the week for sure, and then into next week with the brackets coming out, but a lot to get to today. Uh, Rob Doster, NBCSports.com, College Basketball Talk, will join us at about 1025. We'll do basketball from a national perspective. I want to get your opinion, Trent Condon, as to whether or not we saw potentially a national champion play last night. We'll do that in a moment. Rob Doster, 1025, Shelby Mast, who, thank you, Des Moines, is getting a lot of run at BracketWag.com. Uh, Shelby's been really good to Trent and I over the last couple of years, and a lot of people are starting to use Shelby as a resource, and uh, I know that uh, makes Shelby very happy, and we're grateful to do our part. He's been great to us. BracketWag.com will get our final opportunity to talk to Shelby before the brackets come out on Sunday, next Tuesday. We'll grade his paper. <laughs> How did he do? Uh, so we'll see. I even look, he's, he's really good. I anticipate he'll get more, um, you know, he'll be upper, what, 10%, uh, where would you put him? Where was he last year? Well, usually it's 67 to 68, 60. I, I think really the biggest thing that he tries to do is at least be within a seed line right. of everybody. And, and if he can do that with, you know, a big percentage, he's happy walking away with that. This year, though, I think more than ever, is going to be so different because we have the new metric with Everybody's the net. Everybody's learning a new system, Trent. And how is this going to be weighted? We know in the past they didn't completely rely on RPI, though it was a very good baseline. It was a sorting tool, but it was also leaned on quite heavily. But this is a metric that the NCAA invested in. This is They put money in to come up with this metric, something that is more predictive as opposed to the old RPI that is just a scheduled-based uh, analytic tool. We don't know. And we don't know, and that goes for everybody freaking out about Iowa. What if they lose to Iowa, uh, Illinois, or Northwestern? Iowa State, how far can they fall? All these different conversations, we're all guessing. Well, and, Iowa and, State, I'm not guessing about Iowa State because they're going to play for the championship in Kansas City. Oh, they are? Yes. Oh. So. Wow. Yes. They'll, they'll, Cyclo they'll, Kenny aboard today. Yes, I am. <laughs> Wearing my black and gold cardinal glasses here. I haven't heard from Jerry for my a while. I guess cardinal. he's across the glass yeah. for me today. Yes, indeed. Cardinal and gold. I'll get it straight here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Shelby Mass at 1045, 11 o'clock. We're going to do some hockey. Promised Joe O'Donnell we would help them out as they get set to... Uh, and they're going to make the playoffs. Where there's going to be playoff hockey in the AHL variety as they race for the Calder Cup. Uh, they'll have playoff hockey. They've got uh, games tonight and uh, on Friday night as they come home for a quick homestand here against the, the worst team in their division. So an opportunity maybe to climb as high as second place and host uh, in the first round of the playoffs, the two versus three. So Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Wild, is going to be here at 11. Uh, Zuba Mahente at about 11.20. And then Chris Williams is going to be in studio. Look forward to picking Chris's brain on the Big 12 uh, tournament as well before he makes his way down to Kansas City uh, to cover that for the next few days. All right, Trent, so we um, kind of teased a little bit. I want to talk about Wofford as well because that was a, that was a fun game. Nice comeback by Wofford mm-hmm. as they were able to uh, uh, complete the uh, unbeaten season. Just remarkable what, they've been, uh, what they were able to do. But last night, I kind of was hoping for UNC Greensboro because that was their path into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Had they win, Wofford was going to get in. And it looked for the longest time like, you know what, we might have an upset here. 
What was the number on that? Do you remember? Six and a half. Was it six and a half? I remember it well because I was on it. And who did you have? I had Greensboro. And you didn't cover. Wah, wah. Yeah. They, uh, what was the run? 15-0 run in the final five minutes before they finally ended it inside a minute left, I want to say, with a layup. But it was uh, that was the, the critical point in the game, clearly, in the 12-point game. And got some players. That Hoover kid had a game last night. Yeah. And then we uh, we know about McGee. He's the, he's the three-point expert, the marksman, who's now within two of uh, breaking an NCAA record for three-pointers made in a career. The number, I think it was 508, and he's at 506, or 506, and he's at 504. Regardless, he's within two. Remember that name. Wofford's going to be a... um I think a school that a lot of people, when they're filling out their brackets, have them advancing. Uh, can they get out of the first week? I mean, we don't know who they're going to be matched up against, right. but they're going to get points, I would assume, in most of their games. And if you're looking for a live dog, at the very least, maybe Wofford... Uh, no, you're, you're, you're turning up your nose. You don't think you'd like to? Well, You don't right. think they're going to get points? We've seen this before. We've seen really good teams for mid-major conferences. Mm-hmm. And they don't get the seed that they probably are just... Unless you're Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Unless you are a name brand. Unless you're Creighton in the past. Right. That had the national brand that comes along with it. You just don't get it. You look at the ratings. Unbeaten that, a conference doesn't move. The, yeah, probably not in the Southern, right? Yeah. They're 14th in the net right now. Are they? 14th. Yeah. But are they going to get a top five seed? Uh, well, you know what? Why don't I look what Shelby has them at here? To, I don't think so. No. The answer is no. Right now, Shelby has them on the seven line. Right. So 7-10 game. And I, I think that's what you're going to see. I, I hearken back to the year that you and I beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. When you look at their resume that season, there's no way they should have been in the 8-9 game. Mm-hmm. They were a lot better. We know here they were a lot better than that. And that's a U and I program that at least had... Some history on their side had been to the tournament in recent history, and they still were saddled in the eight nine game. I think you're going to see the same thing here for you. Wofford. You might, you might, Trent. Look, I like the uh, I like the makeup of that team. They got a, a kid that can do some damage. They're big. Is I mean, he's not real big. I think he's probably six nine kid, but they got a couple of shooters uh, in McGee and Hoover. So we'll we'll watch that. Uh, we'll watch Wofford. But I want to get to Gonzaga because Trent, I tried to watch the game last night. Honestly, did I wanted to get? And I'll try and do the same tonight with uh, as they host St. Mary's, who they. Beat by what fifty? Yeah, yeah, fifty at the, in the first of uh, uh, games in the regular season. I don't. I mean, look, if they're not getting tested at all, and they haven't been tested since very early on when they lost back-to-back games in non-conference play against Tennessee, who's a top two seed, and against North Carolina, who is a one seed at this point. So when they play the iron of college basketball, at least early on in the season, um, they they weren't. Um, blown out by any means. The Tennessee game was close. The, the UNC game, of memory serves, was not as close. Yeah, um, UNC controlled that one. Did they? Yeah. Um, but look at this is a good team, and this is a this is a Gonzaga team that is going to be a one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tilly is back. Yes. He didn't play a ton last night, but you like what he gives him. Hatchimura is a pro. Hatchimura is a lottery pick for crying out loud. Um, boy, this is a fun team to watch. They're good. Can they win it all? Oh, there's no doubt. I, I think the number of teams that can win it all is how many? Four? Uh, might go a little bit. So so the, are the one seeds, the three ACC teams, and, and, and Gonzaga? Yeah. You don't like any of the SEC heavy heads? Tennessee? No. Kentucky? Kentucky? I throw Kentucky in there. Okay. Yeah. And especially if Reed Travis comes back and he mm-hmm. is at least close to 100%. Texas Tech? Six in a row. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue? Nope. 
Purdue, no. No, you can't take Mackey with you. You're right. Right. And Michigan State, too banged up. Six in a row. Yeah, but look at what they're doing to Michigan when they're banged up, Trent. Good matchup. It's a good matchup. Yeah, well, that's true. Because Xavier Simpson's great, Mm -hmm. unless he's going against Cassius Winston. (laughs) Who's better? He's better. (laughs) Right. You know, I I don't like six in a row. Get to to a Final Four, there's a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. Who's the favorite right now? I think it's Gonzaga. They're the... The betting favorite. The right betting now. favorite's still Duke. They're and still I think Duke. perception's probably with, a big part of that. With Williamson. And with yep. Zion. When Zion gets back yep. and everybody will jump aboard, and you got to protect yourself if you're a casino. Mm-hmm. For me, you give me a, a free roll and the odds are all the same across the board, I think I'm going Gonzaga. To win it all. I, I really like them. I think they're going to get the number one overall seed. That means the two seed that they'll see. I think the ACC tournament winner will. You do. I do. Get the to get the number one overall. Number one overall. Well, that's a Shelby Mass question in thirty five minutes. That's a good one right there. I like that one. Gonzaga with a dominating victory mm-hmm. again tonight. Gonzaga's been good for years. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking two decades. Yes. The WCC is better than it is most years this season. Even with St. Mary's having a down year, top to bottom. Okay, it's better. Those teams, the middle teams, BYU and and San Francisco, who are both upset in the uh, quarterfinals, but both of those teams are better. As a conference, it's the eighth-rated conference in RPI. Okay. This is better than some of the past WCCs, and they're running rush shot. I I don't know the number offhand, but they have to average margin of victory in the WCC. It's oh, got to be, be twenty-five. 20. For, well, maybe twenty-five. I my guess was twenty. Yeah. So we're we're in the ballpark together. Well, look at uh, they'll play tonight. It's a late game. Is it eight or nine? Maybe eight. Is it eight? Yep. Uh, and Dickie V's uh, in the Orleans Arena. And going on at the same time of Nebraska Omaha. Playing for their first ever bid. Against who? The Bison? The Bison, yes. North Dakota State. As uh, number one seed at South yeah. Dakota State was upset by Western. And the letter next about got the Bison last night. Did they? Yeah, I was laying five and a half there. <laughs> that good weekend in the bankroll that I was building up went the opposite direction last night. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I, I try, Like I say, I tried the only basketball I watched, I watched Wofford start to finish, tried to watch Gonzaga, and I, I got into the wild a little bit last night, the the Minnesota wild, knowing that we had Joe O'Donnell coming on today and they were playing the uh, the Sharks of San Jose, and they're, I think, one of the teams that can uh, can win it all. I really do. This San Jose team is, um, is really good. So we'll talk some puck with Joe O'Donnell. We'll do AHL. For the most part, we'll do AHL, but we will do some NHL uh, with Joe as well. Look forward to doing that. And we'll do more of that as they uh, try and make their way toward the, well, they're getting into the playoffs. It's just uh, whether they're going to be that two seed. I don't think they can climb to the top of the, uh, uh, to the top of the division, but we'll so look, there's still three weeks left. Uh, let's get uh, Anthony. He wants to chime in. It's Miller and Condon. Uh, Anthony, welcome to the show. Anthony, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? This Good. What's up? Uh, I honestly, I, I honestly think Texas Tech with that Owen kid and the way that they they play big down low. Mm-hmm. I think they, I think they're going to cause havoc in this tournament. You know, Tariq Owen's a guy that uh, when we talk about this team, he's the guy that's overlooked for whatever reason. And, and he played; a, he had a very good game against Iowa State. You know, as you know, Moretti was terrific. Horse Culver's a player of the year. I'm with you. They play defense. Um, they got to the what elite eight last year. Can yeah. they go a couple of steps further? I think if there's a Big Twelve or a Big Ten team, the two conferences that move our needle. If I had to pick one out of both of those, I, I would go Red Raiders. Anthony, I'm with you on that. All right, you guys have a good morning. Yeah, appreciate the call. Uh, get back to and us. And I, th- I think I'm with you in that side. Out of that group, out of the Big mm-hmm. Ten, Big Twelve, Texas Tech is the one 
I probably have the most confidence, but mm-hmm. again, six straight. Yeah. Did they have enough offensively? Well, they've been better offensively lately, They, Trent, they really you know. have. I, really, the last five weeks, six yeah, weeks? Yeah, I mean, right. After that losing streak... Well, and Iowa State started it, don't forget. Yes, yeah. They went on the three-game skid. Was that Iowa State's best win of the year or K-State? Which of those two? Those would be the two that would I would think would be in the... On the list, um, I, I think Texas, it's Texas Tech because Tech, yeah. the way they were going. Yeah, I mean these are co-champions in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Texas Tech just the the building was banged out. Like that was a big spot when they went into Manhattan too because they was. were not playing well. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the lone bright spot the last month of the season was I the mean, State win. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Oklahoma win. Remember, we came in after that mm-hmm. Monday game and said, "I yeah, don't we think don't anything know what changes." We watched, right. Yeah, Mooney's the other kid for for Texas Tech yeah. that we got to talk about too. Former but, Coyote, ah uh, yes, a grad transfer. We're getting to that time of year, Trent Connor. Ah, yes, you know that's the next thing, right? That's the next um, uh, domino to fall. Once we once we get through this, and I hope that you know it's not an extensive conversation amongst in-state schools as to you know what these rosters are going to look like after this year uh, is all finished up. You know, we'll, we'll, I guess the names, I mean, Tyler Cook is going to explore his options. Lindell Wigington is going to explore his options. Will there be, uh, guys on the roster that, um, you know, they want to explore their options or maybe they're encouraged to do that. So we'll see. Uh, let's get Eric in here. He wants to talk some hoops. He's welcome to do so. 2845966. I do want to carve off a few more minutes in this segment. Trent, it's one of my favorite times of the year and I'm going to be a little selfish. Oh, NFL free agency. Yeah, I love this time you, of year. You came Trent. in with a little bounce in your step. I could tell. Well, it's. And it wasn't Wofford basketball that was doing it. <laughs> but you know what? Last night I'm glad I watched it. Yes. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, Eric, welcome to the program. Eric, how are you? All right, fellas. Hey, I am so disgusted with Iowa State basketball fans. Oh, fans? Okay, uh, how come? Not fans. I'm just the play of the, both men's programs is horrible. Yeah. And I watched that Iowa State Baylor women's game last night for three quarters. We were just as good as they were. And we need to rally behind these women's programs. All three of them are doing fantastic jobs. And all three of them could easily end up in the Sweet 16. Well, um, look at I, I just go by the rankings. I uh, sad, thanks for the call, Eric. I appreciate it. And you're right. Uh, we should talk more of uh, women's basketball down the stretch. But look, you have to be passionate, and it's from where I sit, anyways. I I can't fake it, and it, I just don't have. I mean, something's got to give, right? Yeah. But look at I do understand what's going on in Iowa City. I do understand what's going on in downtown Des Moines on Forest Avenue uh, with what that Drake team is doing. And Iowa State played for a championship last night against. You know, Baylor's clearly the best team in the Big 12, and I just followed the, you know, the people I follow on Twitter and Chris and, uh, Bloomy and Rob Gray and, uh, who else was tweeting up a storm about that game last night? They played and well. They for went three for, quarters. I, right? And I watched it. I oh, was. Oh, Tommy Birch, of course, Birchie. Yeah, yeah. He was down there, right? Yep, yep. For, for it. They went toe to toe with Baylor. Number one team in the country. Consensus number one. They received mm-hmm. all the first place, place votes in the AP. They were right there with them, And something special could be brewing this year because, of course, you have Baylor, who's kind of off on their own. Notre Dame's really good again this year. Right bracket. It doesn't open up like the men's brackets usually do, but there are times that ones. Remember, well before Virginia got beat a year ago by UMBC, number one seed was knocked off on the women's bracket about 20 years ago. So it can happen. There can be a path to get there. 
and Iowa is trending maybe to get the final number two seed. Iowa State, perhaps a three seed. They're both going to be playing at home. Drake's probably going to have a good draw and a good seed that's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. The NBC women, certainly much better than the NBC men in terms of a conference strength overall. Pretty good uh, basketball season on Forest Avenue, right? <laughs> I mean, really for both been. men and yes. women. A couple of regular season titles. Yeah, not, that's not bad. Yes. Uh, excellent point. All right, a couple of minutes on football, Trent, because right. I, I have to get this in here. I just do. I love this time of year uh, when teams reload, whether they're making good moves or bad moves, they're spending money. And if you're a fan of a team in the NFL, you're paying attention this week. You just are. Uh, and I know I am as a Bronco fan. Trent, I'm guessing you're doing the same with your Bears, who uh, redid Khalil Mack's contract today and found $11 million. Now, I don't know who they're going to spend it on. I think it's a pie-in-the-sky levy on Bell. I don't see that happening. Although the Packers apparently are kind of flying under the radar for Bell. Ah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... Because that was one game. Antonio Brown made a lot of sense initially for the Packers, getting him another weapon on the outside. But now... Okay. Yeah. Okay. They shored up that defense the Packers have. Keep the him... Vikings are losing guys left and right. Sheldon Richardson gone. Anthony Barr is a Jet. Yes. Richardson is a Brown. I know they got one of their guys that they lost back from Seattle. His name escapes me. He's a defensive tackle, a seventh round pick. Um, good against the run, but he's not a. I mean, he's not a um, a name that's going to be familiar to a lot of people, myself included. Um, but look at it. it's it's a fun time of year. The Jets are reloading. The Lions are going for it. How about if, the Chiefs getting Honey Badger? Yeah. What I does that mean for that. Eric Berry? Eric Berry. That's that's the that's the part B to these moves, right? Yes. Yep. When you do something like this, something's got to give. And here's a guy who's meant a whole lot to that franchise. Drafted, I think, fifth overall out of Tennessee, if memory serves. Um, yeah, good player. But um, you know the the health problems that he's had. I love what the Chiefs are doing. Look. Here's what you've got if you're a Chiefs fan. You've got Pat Mahomes this year and next year, and then that bill comes due. <laughs> I mean, that rookie contract yes. for the best quarterback in the league, at least the most valuable player in the league last year. You can, you can argue whether he's the best. He was the best player in the league. You'd still buy stock in him, that's for sure, whether you think he is or whether you think he's not. Uh, while that rookie contract is there, the window wide open, go for it, because there's going to be some difficult decisions. I mean, look at what's going on to the north of us. Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins yes, has just yes. gutted that salary cap. That's what happens. Yes. It, there's teams. They should have never let Teddy Bridgewater go. I don't yeah. understand. I mean, I get the injury. The health. Yeah, I get it, but he's re-signing with the, with the Saints. He's going to wait, bide his time for Drew Brees to walk away. Can't play forever, you wouldn't think. Bridgewater's going to stay as a backup. Um uh, with the with the Saints. To your point on on the rookie contracts, and this really started with Russell Wilson, yes, and he that was, was the poster child. Yes. For it. Now that was also a little more fluky because we're not talking about a first round pick here, but right. You find your quarterback, you find your young quarterback, mm-hmm. and then you go out and spend. And because, Richard Sherman was what a fifth round yeah, pick. Yeah. So there's another one, right? Pretty yeah. impo- a shutdown corner, a fifth round pick who wasn't getting paid. So you got to be good in the draft, uh-huh. maybe a little lucky in the draft, depending on whatever vantage point you take. That has to be a part of it. But then when the window's there, you go and you attack it. Dallas had that window. And that window is yeah. closed, and, and they didn't do enough right. building around when they had Dak Prescott. Yep. We can argue his merits, and I'm sure we will throughout the summertime leading into next season. Mm-hmm. But they had the window, but they didn't have the wiggle room. They didn't have the cap space to be able to do it. When you find those young quarterbacks, you have to be able to pounce. Right now the Chiefs are doing it. Yeah, You go out, three years, $42 million, like, eh. now Honey Badger could get injured. He's been injured quite a bit in his career. 
but you can do that when you got Patrick Mahomes on a rookie and, scale. And, and, and how much is his next contract going to be? I mean, if he continues down... Uh, All the money. Yes, right. Yeah. My God, that was unbelievable what he did last year. We are going to take a break. Our first guest, Rob Doster, NBC Sports. We'll do college basketball on a national scale. Thank you for uh, placating me and letting me have that little NFL conversation. I got more in me. You do? Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish we had time. We're, we're, we're stacked up today. Uh, Cappy, by the way, tomorrow. So more on the Bears uh, and their fortunes tomorrow as we will get Cappy in here in his regular spot brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. A quick timeout. Miller and Connor are back. Rob Doster, then our bracketologist, Shelby Mast. We're here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 com. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Congratulations in order to our next guest, Trent Condon. Yes. Soon will you will be there. Well, in August, as you and Tara welcome your second, Rob Doster and his wife, I uh, believe they welcomed their second. Yes. Uh, Rob, Trent, and Ken, how are you sleeping? Uh, I'm not, but uh, everybody is alive. We have ten fingers, ten toes, and we're good to go. Uh, congratulations! Uh, so, speaking of good to go, will will you be uh, will you be going and leaving mom and newborn at home while you head out uh, for March Madness? Not the best time of year, timing wise, Rob Doster. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was not the best planning, but um, you know, it, but that's without without all the uh, the the gory details, let's just say that uh, the process happened quicker than we expected. Gotcha. Well, c- congratulations <laughs> on behalf of uh, of your friends here at KXNO and uh, listening audience. That's good news for you. Well, Rob, a lot of ground to cover. I guess I want to start with this latest piece that I have no idea what the hell's going on uh, in this NCAA Division One college. The latest scandal involving a couple of Hollywood actresses. Uh, I know one of them was in Desperate Housewives, Felicity Huffman. I have no idea who the other lady is. I have no idea how they're involved. What is going on here? What's their connection to college basketball as NBC News breaks that story earlier today? Uh, You know, I don't think it has anything to do with college basketball. I think that this is a scam that is set up by uh, somebody that's been running a business for a long time to help rich people get their kids into college that they do not have the grade to get into and basically what happens is just from reading like the preliminary documents and everything basically what they're doing is they're paying this guy uh to pay off coaches of like usc's crew team or yale's women's soccer team to put on a list that says hey this kid's coming into our uh our program as a recruit so that they'll be able to get to the school with the lower admission standards and, and those schools make exceptions to get certain players into the program and that's uh, the way that these coaches that are not on the level of uh, of salary that maybe someone like um, the the basketball coach, the football coaches, uh, that's the way that they kind of line their pockets a little bit. So I, as far as I can tell, there isn't a ton involved with the, the college basketball side of things. This, but you know, the, the news broke last night as well that Jerome Allen, the former Penn coach, kind of had his own little scam going himself with a guy that had uh, embezzled $450 million mm. from fraudulent Medicare uh, and Medicaid scams down in Florida. So we'll see, man. You know, you know that thing from the wire. You follow money, you never know where you're going to wind up. No, Rob, uh, from that to the nitty-gritty of things, and we'll get into the games being played, but found it interesting. I was leading, reading your guys' uh, put-together of all the coaching jobs that are available 
after you and I knocked off Southern Illinois in the MVC tournament. Barry Henson just couldn't quite get that Southern program turned around. That feels like a job that could be important if MVC kind of going to have a bounce back and, and replacing Wichita and Creighton that they've lost. Southern Illinois is certainly one of those programs. But overall, outside of UCLA, are there going to be any other big jobs open? I think that there might be some, and it depends on how you define big jobs. Like I, I expect that Texas A&M is probably going to end up opening up. Hmm. Um, and if I had to, if you were making me bet my life savings on it right now, I would say that I think that Buzz Williams might get that job, which means that then Virginia Tech ends up opening up, and that probably starts the carousel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're not sure exactly what's going to happen with Arizona, but obviously if Arizona mm-hmm. does open up, um, that becomes a uh, a pretty big job. Yep. Uh, Will Wade and LSU that could end up opening up. Has to. Um, yeah, and and well, I don't know, man. Like, Do you don't think LSU is the kind of program that might just say, hey, look, you know, we don't really care if a guy cheats, yeah. and so we have actual <laughs> proof that this got done, then we're just going to go with uh, ride with our guys. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, mm. I would not be surprised if that if we don't see. Will Wade coach another college basketball game uh, for the Tigers, and I would not be surprised if he was on the sidelines again next season. Remember, we all thought that that Bruce Pearl was going to get fired for what yep. happened with yep. uh, Chuck Person, and you know he ended up getting an extension. Uh, so we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, what about Shaka Smart? I don't think that Shaka Smart is going to end up getting fired this year. I think that there's a possibility that he could be one of these guys that, like, let's say a job opens up like Cal or something like that, and he decides that he wants to go there. Um, I think he, it could be the situation where uh, he finds a soft landing somewhere to get out, but his contract is fully guaranteed, and he's got four years left on it. That's $12.9 million or something like that, I believe. And I don't think that Texas – remember, Texas pays over the $10 million to buy out Charlie Strong. I don't think that Texas is going to pay a bigger buyout to get rid of their basketball coach than they did to get rid of their football coach. Because, I mean, let's be honest, does Texas actually care about basketball all that much? I don't think they do. So um, the only way that I can see that being feasible is if they know for a fact that, like, Chris Beard is coming. And and for my money, Chris Beard is, what, like a a top eight coach in the sport right now? Mm -hmm. Maybe top five, depending on on things that, that they consider valuable when it comes to uh, running a basketball program. So if you can say, and, and remember, he is a Texas graduate. And if you can say, hey, look, if we pay Shaka $13 million to go away and we pay whatever it is Chris Beard's buyout is um, at Texas Tech, then we can go get him and pay him $4 million a year and bring him here. He's going to make Texas basketball great again. I just don't know if that's necessarily something you're going to do because you're looking at an investment of like, what, what would that end up being? Like $25 million, $30 million into a sport that the school uh, only tangentially cares about, and you're never going to make that money back. You know, the, the Irwin Center, when, even when that thing is rolled, the Irwin Center doesn't sell out. So um, I just don't think that they care enough uh, to be able to go out and, and pay Shaka to go away and then pay somebody else to come into the program and take it over. Rob Doster, NBC Sports, joining us, college basketball talk. Rob, uh, I want to float a theory by you, or just a thought. Twelve years ago here in the state of Iowa, we saw Steve Alford leave as the Pressure was mounting before well, he was fired, and he went to New Mexico. A step back as a program, going from a major conference to the Mountain West. Fran McCaffrey, they're going to be an NCAA tournament team, it looks, even with Craig another McDermott late season. left for Creighton. Same thing happened there. How about Fran McCaffrey? The Temple job is open. He's a Philly guy. He played at Penn. 
Wake Forest might come open too. It's where he began his career. Could you see Fran McCaffrey, his son, Patrick, will be a freshman next season, chance to get away and get a fresh start. Could you see that happening? And, and what are some of the names bandied about by Temple? Is Have you heard Fran McCaffrey connected to that job at all with Fran Dunphy uh, retiring after this year? Well, I think that they're going to end up, uh, I think it's already in place that they're going to end up bringing in Aaron McKee. Okay. Um, to replace Fran Dunphy. I think that was the plan when he made the decision to retire because, they, I mean, Fran Dunphy is a Philly institution, and I don't think that the Temple wanted to go out and fire somebody that's a Philly institution. So they said, look, we're going to give you uh, one last go around, go get into the tournament, and then you can pick whoever you want to replace you. Let's keep this amicable and let's keep it all happy. So I believe that, uh, that Aaron McKee is going to be the guy that comes in um, and replaces him. As far as, you know, Fran McCaffrey is concerned, I, I like I understand the appeal of him like saying, okay, I'm going to go try to find a soft landing somewhere. But if you're Wake Forest, are you going to go out and hire a guy? You're, you're coming off an absolutely disastrous hire with Danny Manning, mm-hmm. right? Are you going to go out and hire a guy that's won two NCAA tournament games in eight years and that is known for two things, having his teams absolutely collapse at the end of a season and getting himself fired and embarrassed and screaming at officials and suspended over and over again because he can't control his temper. I don't think that he, if he wants a soft landing, I don't think that it's going to end up being the kind of situation where um, he is going to end up at a comparable job. I think that if he does, it'll be the kind of thing where he has to take a step down. And honestly, if I'm him, like I just, I kind of ride this out, right? Like, did he just get an extension? He did last year, yeah. Yeah, so if, if he just got the extension, then I, I would not leave. You know, you one, you have your son on the program already. So you have another son coming into the program. You're going to have a chance to coach both of them. And, and you know, I imagine that as a father, that's going to be a pretty cool experience for him. Especially when, if they want you to go away, they're going to have to pay you. What is it like? Uh, isn't his buyout like $10 million or something like that? It's, 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 I, I don't have the number right in front of me. I know it's high enough that it is the kind of thing where uh, you want to make sure that you get that money if you're going to end up going away. Um, so I don't think that we're going to see Fran McCaffrey go anywhere. I also just, you know, I, I don't know him probably as well as you guys do, but he does not strike me as the kind of guy that's just gonna gonna go away. He strikes me as the kind of guy that says, "No, I'm gonna stay here, and you're gonna make me go. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do my job, and I'm gonna uh, and see if I can figure this thing out." So I would not expect him to, you know, if you're Iowa and you want him gone, you're gonna have to pay him to go away. Uh, Rob Doster, uh, College Basketball Talk, NBC Sports, wrote a preview on the Big 12 today. I, I couldn't agree with you more on it. Uh, you've got Texas Tech and Iowa State uh, in the championship game. I think Iowa State couldn't have asked for a better draw, Rob. I really couldn't. Mason's questionable. Baylor, if they win that game, assuming K-State wins their first uh, matchup on Thursday, Dean Wade's not going to be there. Um Boy, boy, a lot, a lot of things to like about this Iowa State draw. I can see them clearly playing for the championship on Saturday night, and you saw it the same way. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, I just cannot quit Iowa State, man. Every time that I tell myself, look, don't buy into them. All they're going to do is break your heart. Uh, don't do it. Don't, 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 get, don't buy into the hype. Uh, I always end up going back. It's like I, I made this comparison um, the other day, it's like they're my uh, they're, they're an ex girlfriend of mine, and no matter how many times I'd say I'm not going to text her at 3 a.m., I always end up texting her at 3 a.m. <laughs> so um, here we are again, and I'm texting Iowa State at 3 a.m. saying that they're going to make it to the finals of the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> um, but and, and but here's the thing: like, how many teams in that conference actually have a higher ceiling than Iowa State does when they're playing well and when they're doing things the right way? Texas Tech. And I, that's I it. Texas Tech, and that's yeah. it. Yep. You know, if, if Texas Tech plays their best game, they will beat Iowa State. 
But mm-hmm. I think if Iowa State plays their best game, uh, they beat everybody else in the conference. And so it just depends on whether or not they're going to show up, right? Like, are, is everybody friends on this team again? You know, is Mary well, Tyler we think so. Kicking doors and, and yeah. you know, is Taylor Horton Tucker or Michael Jacobson, are they, are they friends again? Are they going to be able to go into a free throw huddle without pushing each other around? You know, and, and honestly, like the game against Texas Tech, I actually thought they played pretty well. Yeah, I did too. You know, all things considered, and, you know, Texas Tech, they're rolling. It's not going to be easy to beat them. But if you look at the way this thing just kind of broke down for Iowa State, you know, you get past a banged-up Baylor team that's lost three in a row. Then you get Kansas State, who will be playing without Dean Wade, who, you know, I know a month is a long time in college basketball, but a month ago they went into Manhattan and they beat Kansas State by 14 points. Mm-hmm. So, that's all you have to do to get to the finals. And in the one-game situation where, you know, honestly, I think if it's Iowa State, Texas Tech in the finals, there's probably going to be more Iowa State fans oh, by far. in the building. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the thing. Like, Texas Tech, I was at the regional last year in Boston when they played, and, like, they traveled. Did they really? Only, wow. Yeah, it's not – like, they didn't take over the building, but there were a lot more Texas Tech fans there than I expected in Boston, traveling from Lubbock for a basketball program in the state of Texas. There were a lot of people there, and here's the thing about it. like They were they probably filled up maybe like a third of the arena in the Elite Eight game against Villanova, but it sounded like they were the, the there were more of them there. Let's just say that there was a, that fan base knows how to get themselves well lubricated for a big sporting <laughs> event. All right, last thing for you, Rob Doster joining us. Rob, uh, Big Ten Tournament. From the Big 12, we jump over to the Big 10. Iowa gets the winner of Illinois Northwestern. Uh, hard to get excited about that. Am I crazy? I took a dagger. Penn State 25-1 to to win this thing. Am I crazy? No, mm-hmm. you are absolutely not. That's a, I, you know, Honestly, I was hoping that we would get a little bit better odds. That's what I was hoping to. Than, yeah. than, than 25-1, to but Penn State was definitely going to be... Penn State and DePaul were my two favorite like complete wild card bets heading into the conference tournament. And DePaul... The book that I use is fifty to one. Hmm. And how about this? So the first round game that they get, they're the tenth seed. This should this is this is off topic, but this should tell you how wild the uh, the Big East tournament is. They're they're the number ten seed. They play seven seed St. John's, right? St. John's, if they get past, I, I really like St. John's, but if they get past the Paul, they play number two seed Marquette, who St. John's swept this season. But to do that, they have to get past the Paul, who swept them this season. And St. John's, I think you can make the argument is the most talented team in the beat. That's how wild that conference tournament is going to be. Hmm. Uh, but when it, when it comes to the Big Ten, um, I, I honestly, I, I have no idea. I feel like every time that I, ha- I think I have a good read on what's going to happen with something in that conference, it just completely blows up in my face. Hmm. You know, like I thought that Indiana was completely done, and here they are, they won four in a row. We have them as like an 11 seed yeah. outside of one of the playing games. Um, and our, our most latest, our most recent bracket update. And, and honestly, like, I think that if you could get them around, I think that I saw that they were like 50 to 1 or something like that. I think if you can get them there, that's a pretty good bet, too. You know, Indiana is a team that's streaking right now. And, and I don't see any reason why they would not be able to beat any of the big boys in this conference. How, are you really that scared of a Michigan team that can go like entire halves without finding a way to actually score? Are you scared of a Michigan State team? where if you can slow down, like this is a lot easier said than done, but if you can slow down Cassius Winston, you can beat them pretty easily. Are you scared of a Purdue team that, like, outside of Carson Edwards, is getting production from, like, Nogel Eastern and Ryan Klein? So I I think that's going to end up being a pretty wild 
ride in the conference tournament, and and you know I think we're going to see some fireworks. And and honestly, look, this is my this this week right now might be better than the first week in the NCAA tournament. No, that's a hot take. <laughs> kind of going out on a limb there. We I had just, that I, conversation yes, yesterday. I was just ripping people that say that. Come on, Rob. Rob it's fun. They're, they're, it's top to bottom. We get to see everybody. But it's still not better than the NCAA tournament. No, no, no. Here's my argument, though. Here's my argument. And and I think that this might be the winner. When does the NCAA tournament start? What day of the week? Well, Tuesday with the Dayton games. Well, afternoon games, like all day. What what day does it start? Thursday morning at 1130 Eastern, 1120. Do you know what we get today? We do. We get games at 11 o'clock. In 15 minutes, we're we're about to tip off in the ACC. 15 minutes. You know what that means. Four days versus two days. And, 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 you know, Trent, I know that you weren't a math major. No. But no. That is two more days that we get jam-packed full of March basketball starting at before lunch. Well, actually, not before lunch. I'm one of the guys that, like, gets lunch at 1045. <laughs> but we, that I, I can eat lunch watching uh, watching live basketball at noon on a Tuesday. And that's a pretty good day for me. Well, thank you for reminding me. I do need to get bet number one of the day in. Indeed. Hey, Rob, last thing, just as a point to just kind of finish where we started. You were right, at least thus far. It doesn't appear it's college. The tennis, the Texas tennis coach is alleged to have received a $100,000 bribe to designate a student as a recruit. So there you go. It is not touching uh, college basketball. It appears to be some of the uh, the non-revenue sports, at least at this point. Rob, thank you. Next Monday when we speak, we'll have brackets. Congratulations on the birth of your daughter. Uh, thank you, Rob Doster. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Rob Doster, College Basketball Talk, part of NBC Sports. Shelby Mass, BracketWag.com next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. See you there. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's spend 10 minutes or so, shall we, with, well, he's our bracketologist, Trent Condon. He's also Gannett's. He's getting a lot of run locally. He's everybody's. He really is. Uh, Shelby, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Shelby Mast. Your well, brand has really taken off, Shelby. Good for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to keep my head above water and give the fans what they want. Uh, I think the media types are much friendlier than a lot of the casual fans. <laughs> yes, indeed they are, Shelby. They, well, for the most part, don't have a dog in the fight. Well, look, at there's a couple of big spots. Let me tell you, go first of all to, you know, the Big Ten and the Big 12, as you well know where we're at, move the needle here, and there's a couple of teams uh, in these conferences, Indiana, Blue Blood, Texas is Texas. Um, if Texas beats Kansas, do they get in? Conversely, if Indiana picks off Ohio State. I mean, I guess what are those two right now? You have them in your first four out. What do those two teams have to do in the respective conference tournaments to maybe find their way into this thing? Indiana might move in with a win over Ohio State. I don't know how firm that spot would be for them. They may may need to win one other one as other results around the country will affect that as well. Other bubble teams get hot and win two or three, and Indiana only wins one. That's not going to uh, look too well uh, for them. Uh, be a tenth selection Sunday. Texas for me, that's one of my teams. I cannot justify putting them in at sixteen and fifteen. If they beat Kansas and lose their next one, then they're seventeen and sixteen. If they're supposed to be one of the best thirty-six teams in the country, they should not have a record that's one game over five hundred. 
I think Texas probably has to win the Big 12, but getting to the finals at the very least might do it. And that would be wins over K-State and uh, no, Kansas and Texas Tech. Tough. Yeah. Go ahead, Trent. Yeah, that would be incredibly impressive if they get there, but kind of feels like a stretch out of the Longhorns. Shelby, new system this year. You've been doing this for a number of years, and it was the RPI and some rules changes or what the committee is looking for. How much more difficult has this been this year been for you because we have the net as opposed to the RPI? It's been a little bit more difficult. I'm I'm continuing to do things the way I do it, but just basing everything off of the net numbers, not necessarily where you're ranked in the net, but how everything is factored in, the strength of schedule, non-conference, all that good stuff. Um, the, the big part of it for me and probably others is the unknown. We don't know for sure how the committee is going to follow the net. Teams like North Carolina State, I've been on this one all year long, They're ranked 32 in net. In RPI, they're not in the top 100. (laughs) They have the absolute worst possible non-conference strength of schedule you can have, 353 out of 353. They have one good win, Auburn. Other than that, there's really nothing that stands out about them. They've got a couple of bad losses, too. But the fact that they're ranked 32 in net, they'll be in the discussion. If this was still in RPI, nobody would be talking about them. So I'm curious to see because if you – do the math, a 32 rank would be somewhere in that 8-9 seed range. I can't imagine that they would get that. Um, so the, the, the unknown with that part of it, that's what's been the most difficult thing. And fans not understanding what all goes into the system. Uh, this net has helped these Power 5 schools immensely. I mean, you can look at well, North Carolina State, but Penn State. Penn State is in the top 50, and they're at 14 and 17. How can you mm. justify that? I don't, I don't get that. Shelby Mass, BracketWag.com, Gannett's Bracketologist joining us, Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. There's a lot of Hawkeye fans who are out on the ledge, Shelby, that, you know, if they get to Chicago and they get beat on opening night Thursday, regardless if it's Illinois or Northwestern and the winner will be tasked with playing the Hawkeyes. Uh, if, if Iowa flames out in the first, their first round of the Big Ten tournament that they're not in, you have them as a nine. You have them closer to the ten than you do to the eight, but if they lose, and you know, let's say, I mean, I don't know if it's going to matter or not if they you know, get embarrassed on Thursday night, is there a chance they fall out? I don't see it, yet Hawkeye fans are nervous. I, I don't see it either. Uh, I think they're high enough up and have done enough good. Luckily for them, last 10 is no longer uh, something that the committee uses to, to judge these teams by. If it was, then yes, they'd be in trouble. But you take the entire resume as a whole, doesn't matter the date, uh, and, and that's that's your resume. Whenever those games took place, doesn't matter. So twenty-one and ten, they've got enough good wins. I can see them falling to a double-digit seed with a loss. And it's funny, the CEO of my company is an Iowa alum. Earlier in the year, he was pushing hard for a one seed. Now he's, <laughs> now he's begging to be kept in the tournament. Yeah. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! It very quickly can move. You know, Shelby. For years and years, we always heard how you're playing late in the year, last 10 games or last 12 games. That hasn't been a metric for, what, seven, eight years now? It's been a while, correct? Yeah, it, it's, it has been a while. And I, I heard an announcer on TV the other night throw that out there that the committee uses that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you're, you're a guy that's calling these games. You're supposed to know this stuff mm-hmm. and know that the last 10, I get a lot of fans saying, hey, well, their team, they're not playing that good down the stretch. Well, 
that only hurts if they get in the tournament. The committee's not going to look at that and say you're out just because of your last 10 games. They used to, yes, but not anymore. Shelby, Trent and I had this discussion early in the program. We were talking about Gonzaga's just dominating win over Pepperdine last night against St. Mary's tonight. Earlier this year, they beat them by 50. They swept them. What does Gonzaga need to do? Or I guess they'll take care of business, but what needs to happen for for them to become the number one overall seed. Can they climb that high? It seems to me like the ACC tournament is going to be uh, solely dependent on who gets that number one overall. But where are you on Gonzaga? Can they get there? And if not them, who? I think they can. Uh, if Virginia were to lose their first game in the ACC tournament and Duke wins the tournament, that Duke might end up overall number one. But I think since Gonzaga beat them earlier in the year at full strength, uh, that Gonzaga would take that. But I don't think it really matters for Gonzaga because they're going to be out west and they're going to get the pod that they want. Mm-hmm. And that's the only – I mean, you can pat yourself on the back for being number one overall, but you know the, the main thing that number one overall gets to do is to pick what region and pod, and they're going to be slotted there anyway. We were talking about Wofford earlier and their win last night. Fun team. They've been in conversation piece really throughout this whole year after the good start that they got off to, and the metrics seem to like them a whole lot. But so many teams, the the mid-majors without the name brand, seem like they fall a line or two than maybe what many people are expecting. Here locally, eight years ago with you and I, and they had to play, face Kansas in the second round. They got the Jayhawks in that game. But you looked at their resume, it felt like they should have been better than being in that 8-9 game. Is it just a, a matter of the name brand mattering, mid-majors and strength of schedule mattering? Why do we see this time in and time out? these teams that seem to follow a line or two on the seed line. Yeah, and I, me and a, a friend of mine were talking about that uh, more than once. We've talked where whatever you've had your seed where you think they should be, drop it two lines, and that's probably what it's going to be. I think what it comes down to is their in-conference schedule. The committee doesn't look at what conference you are or your conference record, but you're playing against much, le- much lesser competition, uh, supposedly, than the Power 5 schools. The Power 5 is going to have those bigger names, those uh, the bigger, you know, higher-ranked teams where they have more opportunities to get bigger wins. Walford played four tough games to start the season. They lost them all, but they were close in them. But after that, it's a bunch of teams you probably don't really know, and those records that those teams have don't measure up to you know the, the teams in the Power Five. Uh, music's going to play any second. Iowa State right now, you have them as a seven. The 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 draw in the Big Twelve tournament is uh, it worked out very well for them. They get uh, Baylor without Mason. Winner if they win that, in all likelihood, K State without Wade. Iowa State is seven. Can they get back to six if they go all the way to Saturday? Say even if they don't win, but if they play for a championship, can they get to six? I think there is a door open there where they can, and again, a situation where other teams' results factor in. But I, if they win the whole thing, I could see them probably, possibly moving to a five. Wow, good stuff. Shelby, we'll correct your paper. Your exam is due on Sunday. Exciting yes. times. Thank you, Shelby. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you. Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com. Puck, Zubin. CW. And Chris Williams, all next.